and welcome back to the Cult of the Cathode Ray, and welcome to Season 2. We finally made it. And in our first season, we covered The Walking Dead Season 1, so of course we decided for Season 2 of this podcast, we would jump right back in to this world of the walkers and cover Season 2. Now, usually, obviously, we do kind of an episode-by-episode breakdown, but before we start in on those episodes... I think we're actually going to go back and we're going to talk about something that kind of happened between season one and season two of The Walking Dead, because there are some important creative changes kind of behind the scenes. And I think you can probably, even if you don't know about these changes, you can probably kind of see them on screen or you can kind of tell that things have changed. So tonight's episode is actually going to be just maybe a mini episode. I actually don't know how long this will go, but uh, we're going to talk all about why was Frank Darabont fired? from The Walking Dead. And I'm Zachary Edgerton, and I am joined today, as always, by my favorite co-host in the world, Renee. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, I am Renee Sainabin, and I am so excited. I love trivia and fun facts, and I am just so excited to hear all of this juiciness. And who in their right mind would fire Frank Darabont? Well, it's funny you ask because we have names. We're gonna we're gonna name and shame on this episode. I so, love it. My favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. So I apologize to our listeners in advance. I'm probably gonna be doing most of the talking, but uh, you will hear from Renee from time to time. So mostly, what I have gathered is actually from a couple of articles over the years that kind of cover uh, the events surrounding Frank Darabont getting fired. So I'm just gonna kind of go through the timeline and talk about some of the events and pull out some quotes that I thought were interesting, and uh, we'll kind of answer the question of why Frank Darabont was fired from The Walking Dead. As we mentioned on our first season, The Walking Dead actually had pretty impressive ratings in the first season. The I think the the finale had like a 6 million like live viewers when it aired, which was huge. We're actually going to get to some quotes in this segment that kind of actually like frame exactly how huge that was, but suffice it to say I don't think the network actually expected The Walking Dead to be as big as it was, and it was actually a huge success. It was a kind of a runaway hit for them. AMC had obviously had like Mad Men and Breaking Bad, and they they were kind of looking for another kind of breakout hit, and this was it. So you'd think, hey, everything's hunky dory, right? The guy who basically, you know, I don't want to say single handedly, but he did kind of develop and adapt. The Walking Dead for TV, Frank Darabont, you'd think that they would want to give him a uh, hefty raise and, you know, lots of pats on the back, but apparently it didn't turn out that way. So we're going to go through, I have some, like I said, I have some quotes and I have some timeline here that I kind of want to go through. So our timeline really starts on July 22nd, 2011. And if you'll remember, I think it was, what, early December that the final episode of season one aired. So this would have been probably about half a year after that. And so obviously everyone knew that The Walking Dead was a huge hit. Everyone was very happy. And so AMC sent Frank Darabont to Comic-Con to appear on a panel with all the other stars, or I should say all the stars, even the star, but all the stars (laughs) and all the folks that made the TV show as popular as it was, because, you know, what do you want to do? If you're coming out with the next season of this hit show, you want to you want to go to Comic Con, oh, yeah. you want to kind of stir up some interest and you know get people talking. So, July twenty second, twenty eleven, Darabont was on the Comic Con panel. Fast forward three days to July twenty fifth, two thousand eleven, and uh, AMC fired Darabont. So there you have it. It was 
at the time, I think a lot of people actually thought that it was kind of underhanded. Basically, they were kind of using Garibont's star power. I mean, even if you if you're watching the show and you're the sort of person who is actually going to watch a Comic Con panel, you were probably more excited about Garibont than anything. We kind of talked in you know the last season about the fact that you know he directed the Green Mile, the Shawshank Redemption, the Miss. He had all these credits. He was obviously this creative force that a lot of people really loved, and so he was probably kind of the star of the show there. But uh, apparently, it was already kind of in the works that they were going to be letting him go. So I want to just go through a couple articles that I've kind of pulled some some quotes out and some facts out, and kind of go through the chronology here of exactly what happened. So the the first set here is from uh, an article in the hollywood reporter this was dated august two uh, excuse me august 10th 2011 so this was basically uh, just a few weeks after he had actually been fired and i believe this was them actually kind of breaking the news that he had been fired so um i just want to pull out a couple of quotes here that i thought were kind of interesting um, the first one is uh, just regarding kind of like the whole situation it says there have been no public comments from the cast and a source with knowledge of the situation it says AMC has been terrorizing them and their representatives to discourage them from speaking out on Darabont's behalf. So <laughs> right off <Whoa>. the bat, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right off the bat. Well, a, we, I think we get a sense of, you know, exactly kind of what the situation was at AMC at the time. Um, also kind of interesting, we'll kind of come back to the fact, that, you know, the fact that they were terrorizing them, quote unquote, uh, about talking uh, out on Darabont's behalf. We'll kind of come back because apparently a lot of people were extremely unhappy. You know, we've talked a little bit about how Darabont has worked with the same people a lot. A lot of the people mm-hmm. in oh, The Walking that's Dead. Great point. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's the sort of person that like he is very loyal to people and people are very loyal to him. And apparently that didn't just extend to, like, the stars. Apparently, like, the crew, everyone, the writers, everyone was extremely loyal to him. Because apparently, you know, I, I there were some notes or some mentions in this in these articles about him kind of being, having a bit of an ego. But it's kind of funny because all I really found was, like, a lot of references to people basically just speaking really well of him. And kind of looking out for, you know people you know all the way up and down the food chain so to speak so i thought that was kind of interesting so obviously the situation is amc has fired him (laughs) and they don't want anyone talking about it so that makes me think about uh there's a so it's a major spoiler so i don't know if i should bring it up but it makes me wonder about a certain character that i know you know is is close friends with him that we've mentioned previously it makes me a little curious about that person oh i don't sorry actually... i'm being very cryptic yeah I'm trying, yeah I don't, i'm trying not to be spoiler town you're, you're I just talking about like, you, you can uh, say it and i can just edit it out if it's bad if oh, it's too too spoilerly it's, yeah so it makes me think about when because <laughs> dies in season two so do you oh, think because he and yeah i heard were like practically besties yeah yeah that's true so i don't that's know true. what episode it was um okay i'm gonna leave that in and just like bleep it out Okay. Ooh, I like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, because this is a no-spoiler podcast, so we, I still got to bleep it out, but I'll leave it in there. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And then people, yeah, people will know after they watch the season if they haven't already. Yeah. 
So, okay. yeah, so the kind of the, the, the question, of course, was why the hell would you fire the guy who was basically responsible for this this show, this the, what was at the time like their biggest hit and actually like one of the biggest hits on cable at the time. Mm. So another quote that I pulled out that I think kind of gets to the core of the matter, and this is going to come up a lot over the course of all these articles. Uh, sources say last fall, even before the first episode of the show had aired, AMC let it be known that it would effectively slash the show's second season budget per episode by about six hundred fifty thousand dollars, from three point four million to two point seven five million. So that is something that's going to keep coming up, and I think that that's kind of the core of what happened and why frank darabont was upset and he he was kind of very vocal about it another quote that i have is amc's budget cutting upset him uh frank doesn't like to see the cast and crew overworked and underpaid says a show insider and i will say that there are a lot there's a lot of steady show insider you know who knows who they're talking to but it's kind of interesting (laughs) that a lot of the uh i don't know maybe it was just frank darabont himself (laughs) 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 they just called him up and said uh yeah you can't tell him it was me but um yeah. But it is kind of funny that the like all the all the all the quotes from people who you know the unnamed sources uh, seem to definitely think that you know Darabont was looking after people. So I think that's kind of interesting. And how do you like cut the budget knowing that your oh cap trust is me eventually going to increase? Yeah, like, trust me. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. There's a there's there are some interesting some interesting quotes. Basically, Mm-mm-mm. yeah. To sum it up, you you're you're just an idiot who doesn't understand show business despite <laughs> well, being like one, yeah despite being one of the most important people at the network but we'll get we'll get there in right. a minute oh yeah my God. another quote i pulled out again these are just i love the fact that there's just all these all these people espousing how much they love frank darabont uh everyone loves frank and has had an amazing experience this is a talent rep with a client in the mix he's brilliant and we want him there so hey you know maybe that was the the person you mentioned maybe that was the client in the mix mm. so yeah to continue on uh but this source uh, about the uh, sh- you know cutting cutting the budget. This source says the AMC had its own ideas about how to make the show more cheaply. The show short shoots for eight days per episode, and the network suggested that half should be done indoors, four days inside and four days out. That's not Walking Dead, says the insider. <laughs> this is not a show that takes place around the dinner table. That was a very very interesting quote. If you keep that in mind while you're watching season two and beyond, it's a kind of kind of interesting kind of. And keep in mind, this was before anyone had actually like seen the season two. It was before it aired. So in retrospect, it's actually yeah yeah. It's gonna <laughs> uh, yeah. mess me up, man. Now oh yeah it's, oh. Yeah. Got, so got thinking. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Think now. Now you're gonna have that in your head as you're watching season uh-huh. two. Yeah. Definitely. Now. Yeah. Now under the question of who, would, what kind of, what kind of moron would fire this guy, this this man who once again we have to mention again, you know, directed the number one rated film on the IMDb. He had a hit show. He had one of the biggest hits in the world on cable with season one. What kind of moron would do this? Well, it's funny you should ask because. Uh, we have his name right here. When those involved with the show protested that the net- network was taking chances with its biggest hit, AMC's head of original programming, Joel Stillerman, is said to have declared, ratings have no bearing on this conversation. Let me just repeat that. This is the head of original programming on a at a TV network saying ratings have no bearing on this wow. conversation. Now, yeah, so I'm going to repeat that name again. Just so Joel Stillerman... 
a name that we will be yeah keep that in mind you know curse that name till the day that you die because that is apparently he was the guy and his name came up a couple other times i think i have some other quotes that mention him but apparently he was the guy who was determined to cut the budget and was butting heads with uh with frank darabont well joel Fillerman, you are dead to me <laughs> yeah right if i didn't like you before i definitely don't like you now <laughs> And if Joel and I, I am assuming, hopefully, we're not going to get sued for mentioning it on the air. And Joel, I know that you're listening. I think you probably listen to all the Walking Dead coverage mm-hmm. obsessively. So if you want to come on and kind of like, you know, talk about what happened, we'd be glad to have you on. So just, you know, we want to be fair here. Defend yourself. But, yeah, defend your <laughs> defend your stupid decisions. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, it, it was also I don't know. I might have some quotes later. I can't remember if I pulled them out, but it sounded like Darabont was actually butting heads with a couple of people at AMC because apparently like the higher ups, they would, I guess sometimes visit the set, but they wouldn't actually like, they were always shooting during the summer. And he said that they would basically like go into like air conditioned tents and then kind of like disappear. And they wouldn't actually like talk to anyone or actually see what was going on. So I thought that was kind of funny. Worst. But it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like maybe Stillerman was like his least favorite out of all these, all these yahoos at AMC. So, and again, uh, the final quote I have from this particular article kind of frames the success of the show. It's uh, the final season in December. This is referring to season one, of course. The, the season finale in December drew more than 6 million viewers in the 18 to 49 demographic. It chalked up the biggest number ever for any drama on basic cable. So that kind of puts wow. into perspective exactly how successful this season one of the show was. So. You know, though, I mean, ratings really, I mean, it doesn't matter. Ratings Apparently they have no bearing on the conversation of whether <laughs> or not you want to keep making a good show or not. So, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> here, Yeah. Here I thought you had to actually, like, have some sort of brains to, you know, be a higher up at a cable network. Nope. Apparently not. Wild, Apparently just, wild. yeah. You just need to be Explains Joel someone. Stillerman. Yep. Way to go, Joel. Yeah, I guess I should have taken. I should have gone back and done some research into how he got into show business. <laughs> AMC. Who's his AM, dad? A, I, yeah, I was gonna say AMC, founded by uh, Jim Stillerman. Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> yeah, I'm always curious. It's like uh, you know John John Peters. You know about John Peters at all? He was he was a producer at like Warner Brothers in the 80s and 90s, and famously like stalled out the new Superman movie for decades because he had a bunch of stupid ideas. At one point he, I think it was Kevin Smith who was like writing the script. And he was like uh, the John Peters was like, I want, I want Superman to fight like polar bears or something stupid like that. And uh, he had started out, he got his, his start in show business. I believe he was Bette Midler's hairdresser or something like that. I, I, I would have to go look that up. He was like someone's hairdresser or something. And somehow he got into producing or something. So yeah, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if Joel Stillerman had a similar background. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Actually, can you do me a huge favor? I'm going to keep talking. Look that up because I don't want to I don't want to say something that's wrong. John, who's, well, whose hairdresser was John Peters? I'm happy to admit that yeah. I'm already on the case. <laughs> oh, of course. J-O-N. John. J-O-N. So we'll continue. <laughs> you dig up that very important, completely unrelated to this whole segment uh, fact. So let's move on, though, to – so, yeah, all that stuff was reported in, on August 10th, 2011. We're going to fast forward just a little bit to December 17th, 2003. So this is when things actually kind of hit the fan because, obviously, you know, Darabont had been fired. He was off 
the second season. He had actually put a lot of work into the second season, which we'll talk about a little bit. But it was in 2017, which apparently was when he actually kind of started to take legal action. And this is an uh, article from Deadline. And, uh, I think the, art- the title of the article was Frank Darabont and CAA suing AMC over Walking Dead profits. CAA being the creative artist agency, which I believe reps him. Uh, so the first quote from this is, AMC's The Walking Dead is the biggest show on television, but its ve- developer, Frank Darabont, has yet to receive any money as a profit participant. Today, Darabont and his agency, CAA, filed a lawsuit against AMC, accusing the network in self-dilling by setting an unrealistically low license fee for the zombie series. It also produces and employing questionable accounting practices, thus depriving profit participants of compensation. Plate also alleges Darabont was wrongfully terminated from the show, that he should continue to receive an executive producer credit, and is entitled to proceeds from the Walking Dead offshoots, etc. So that, just to, just to kind of frame what that all means... Basically, it sounds like AMC was giving people profit participation. And I should also mention the the other the earlier article had mentioned that AMC basically had more control over The Walking Dead. Apparently, there, there were some other issues with other creators. I didn't write down his name, but apparently the creator of Mad Men and I believe Vince Gillen of, you know, Breaking Bad fame. I think that there had been some issues with both of them. However, AMC did not produce those shows, so those those shows, basically, the companies that made them could basically shot them around to other networks. But AMC actually produced The Walking Dead, and what it was doing was saying, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll cut you in on the profits, so that was part of people's contract. And then they would basically produce the show, and then they would sell the show back to themselves for less than it should have been sold for. So they were basically saying oh, we're actually not making any profits because every time we sell the show to ourselves, we're actually losing money, which is incredible that that's even legal. But yeah, so that was kind of the basis for, or, or one of the things that he was actually suing them for was that profit participation. Renee, did you want to, any interjections or any thoughts on that? No, that that is great. Um, <laughs> that's great. I uh, I will tell you that I you were pretty darn close. It was... He created a wig for Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Barbara Streisand, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And then they started dating. Oh. Yes. Okay. Like, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So Streisand. I'm. I Dang apologize. It, yeah, I apologize to Bette Midler for besmirching <laughs> her name in relation to John Peters. But uh, but yeah, there you go. So yeah, Jill Stillerman. I wonder who's who. Who he made some wigs for? Who he started dating? Yeah. So uh, and then from the same article, uh, the second quote I have from that one is: "The lawsuit also recaps The Walking Dead's winding path to the small screen." This is actually pretty interesting. I didn't know this, so this was some interesting trivia. Darabont first developed the project for NBC in 2005. Oh. Yeah. He later took the script to AMC, which was ready to commit, uh, but by then the, the TV rights to the graphic novel had expired. Meanwhile, HBO was also pursuing the rights to develop The Walking Dead as a series with what I'd heard was Guillermo del Toro. In the end, AMC was able to obtain them and proceed with Darabont's version. So I actually thought that was kind of interesting. I did not realize that he was trying to shop the kind of adaptation around as early as 2005. Of course, I, th- I think the comic was first published in 2003 and the show first aired in 2010. So Kind of interesting because that would have been a whole different Walking Dead. And I'm actually really glad he didn't. Well, I actually, I don't know if I could say that now because maybe he could have retained control, but it probably <laughs> would have been a lot tamer on NBC. So, right. 
Yeah, so that's some a little a little information in the actual like lawsuit that he filed. And obviously we're we're not we're we're going to get go through kind of the whole gamut here because it's not just about, you know, him getting fired, but also the the resolution because it does have kind of a a happy ending. So I wanted to kind of mention that. So fast forward to a, an article from January 6, 2016. This is again in the Hollywood Reporter. And it says, uh, in a newly unsealed deposition, given in his big profits lawsuit against AMC, ousted The Walking Dead creator Frank Darabont holds nothing back. Oh, man. Yeah, this is good. Okay, so here we go. So Darabont says, I remember Joel Stillerman, president of original programming and development <laughs> for AMC, in a meeting in my office when we were all discussing the issue of the upcoming season. We said mm-hmm. to him, surely that the success of the show, which, by the way, you guys are bragging about because we keep getting emails saying, hey, we're breaking viewership records in 120 countries around the world by hundreds of percent, in some countries by over a thousand percent. At the same time, we're hearing how successful the show is for you. You're telling us that this this budget issue is not going to budge at all. And he said, the success of the show has no bearing on this discussion in a rather icy manner. (laughs) And I apologize, it's a little convoluted because this is, I think, from like a spoken deposition. So it's like uh, how he was saying it. But yeah, so uh, so yeah, again, apparently Stillerman was 100% to blame on this. And also Darren obviously kind of held him personally responsible, which, you know, I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, the article goes on to say, according to Jerobon, AMC cut the budget from 3.4 to 3, referring to the millions it takes to produce episodes of The Walking Dead. That was bad enough. But then they dropped the bomb on us that, oh, by the way, they're keeping the tax credit, he testified. They're going to pocket the tax credit. So between the two, you've got a full 25 cut across the board. And that refers to the tax credit. The reason I think one of the reasons the show is shot in Georgia is because there's a huge tax credit. The reason a whole bunch of stuff is shot in Georgia is because there's mm. a tax credit where I think they get like 20% back or something crazy, which, I mean, when you're spending tens, if not hundreds of million dollars on a project, it can you know really add up. So basically, they were saying that the tax credit was no longer being kind of credited to the show. AMC was just taking the money, and <laughs> which, uh, yeah, very scummy, very questionable. And again, I don't know. I guess, I mean, technically it's legal because they were producing the show, but it's uh, pretty scummy to kind of hold it against the show. The article goes on, the problems escalated, according to Darabont, who said he was managing crisis-level problems arising in the first episode of the second season. The Mm. footage turned in by the director for that episode wasn't up to snuff, he says, so he told the executives that we'd have to step away from the writer's room where they were attempting to develop the latter episodes of the second season of The Walking Dead in order to shoot additional footage and put focus in the editing room. Mm. That's actually kind of interesting because I none of the articles that I read name the director. Yeah. But I figured out, I think I've, I'm pretty sure I figured out who it is. Stay tuned <gasps> for our coverage of the first episode. And I will, I will say who I'm almost positive I know, <laughs> I know which director he's talking about. But nice. we'll get to that. And maybe we'll get sued. Maybe I'm wrong and I don't know if ah. we'll get sued for that. So, And uh, then we move on to, so this is another character in the uh, in this whole drama. And this is actually someone that we've kind of mentioned before because he was a writer who would go on to actually take the reins from Darabont after he was let go. And that would be Glenn Mazzara who wrote uh, one episode, I believe one episode on the first season. I don't think he wrote more. I think he wrote the fifth episode, Wildfire. So he would actually take over from Darabont, although apparently he was actually pretty 
pretty loyal to Darabont, even though he kind of continued working on the show, although he was fired too later, but we'll get into that after season two. But uh, I had a quote from him. Mazzaro added, I believe that Frank was executing his responsibilities and duties as showrunner. There's a personal rift between Walking Dead co-creator Robert Kirkman and Darabont and between Darabont and the AMC executives. And that when the material for the finale came in and Frank said, I need some more time to figure out a plan of how to pursue this and what we're going to reshoot and what it will take to do this, AMC was unwilling to give him that time to solve the issue. And they let him go without notifying him. <laughs> that uh notifying him that he that he was that the issues were this that series uh if he did not not appropriate if that if he did not appropriately solve these issues he was about to be fired again this is uh this is kind of weird because i'm rereading something that someone that's like verbatim in the deposition so i'm sorry yeah a little confusing but yeah uh darabont was performing his responsibilities said nazaro uh delivering scripts being in touch with the cast, dealing with department heads, even securing use of the famous Herschel Green Farm. Now, this is actually really interesting. This shows how... Uh, this is insane. Okay, this next part, because this actually shows how dedicated Daremont was and how deeply involved he was in the show and how you know how, how much he actually worked to make the show that he wanted to make. So to continue that quote, even securing the use of the famous Herschel Green Farm when a religious family who owned it didn't want to let AMC film there because of an objection to the content of the zombie drama. Mm-hmm. I believe Frank flew to meet with them and met with them and described the show and I think listened to them and reassured them of the type of show he wanted to do, Zara recalled. And I believe that it was right after that they agreed to let us use that farm. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, this, this shows this shows this dude's dedication to the show he was making, which is kind of incredible. Um, just the fact that you would like go out and like <laughs> work to secure locations for the show is, is pretty incredible. Yeah. So again, Stillerman that, wouldn't have done that. That Stillerman would have, no, he would have been like, Oh, they don't have air conditioning. No, I'm not going out there. <laughs> I gotta, they can come here. I'm not paying for their trip. But they can come here if they want to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So again, that was, that was all in January 6th of 2016. The next article I have, I think it may have just been a short, short uh, little item. I, I actually didn't even write down where it was from, but uh, September 27th, 2016, Oh, I think this was maybe the first time they mentioned how much money he was actually trying to get or how much money he, he was asking for. So uh, The Walking Dead crew, co-creator Frank Darabont and his CAA agents have hit the home stretch in their lawsuit against AMC over the hit zombie show's profits. In a certificate of trial readiness filed on Monday, the plaintiffs revealed that they will be seeking a whopping damages verdict in excess of $280 million. Ooh. So they weren't playing around. They uh, mm-hmm. This was... a. Yeah, and now this was, keep in mind, this was in 2016 after the show had, I mean, this was probably in the prime, I think, of the show. I think this was around the time it was pulling, like, in excess of, like, 10 million viewers every single episode and just generating a ridiculous amount of money for all the other, like, merchandising and stuff. So, actually, not that not that uh, incredible once you kind of put into perspective how much money the show is probably generating. No joke. Um, I don't know if I, oh man, I don't know if I actually wrote it down, but I think someone someone calculated that they, they probably estimated, given how much money they were asking, they probably estimated the show had generated over a billion dollars by this point. So, so yeah, oh kind God. of a lot of money. Yeah. At this point? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, I think, I think that's why, that's why, because they were, keep in mind, he was basically part of the thing he was asking for was compensation for the profit sharing. <sighs> So he knew how much money he thought he should get out of that profit sharing. So 
that means he also knew like how much money he thought they were making. So he knew too much. Yeah, he knew, probably. Oh damn. So yeah, so that was uh, 2016, and then we have one last article I wanted to read from. We are gonna fast forward all the way up to July 16th, 2021. This article is from mm. Deadline. So yeah, not not too long ago. So so recently that I actually kind of remember it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is from Deadline. Uh, it starts uh, less than a month before The Walking Dead kicks off its 11th and final season, the long and bitter legal war between former showrunner Frank Darabont, CAA, and AMC is over. In the dictionary definition of a strategic whimper not obeying the cabler, just filed paperwork with the SEC declaring they have paid out $200 million to the Shawshank Redemption director and the Uber agency to end the dispute. The settlement agreement provides for a cash payment of $200 million to the plaintiffs and future revenue sharing related to certain future streaming exhibition of The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead. So basically, yeah, he got uh, how much money he actually personally got. I don't know, because obviously it was him and CAA. I mean, I knew absolutely nothing about show business. I'm assuming that CAA was basically in the lawsuit because they get a cut of whatever he gets because they rep him. So hopefully he got a sizable chunk of that two hundred million dollars personally. So Whew. yeah, which I mean, God, if he, yeah, if he got even a, a percentage of that or even a couple percentages, still a lot of money. But uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping Darabont cleared a cool hundred mil personally. Yeah. So. Couple of uh, the last couple of quotes I had. Well, a bit of a surprise after almost a decade of harsh words, personal and corporate humiliation, and hyperbole. The time of the deal makes sense. The Walking Dead universe is set to see the mother show wrap up in the next couple of years, with a supersized conclusion and several spinoffs to take flight. That growth would undoubtedly see more projects added to Darabont and CAA's complaint under the spinoffs aspect of the ex-showrunners contract, additions that could increase their demands by tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. So that was kind of funny. AMC oh finally gosh. ponied up because they're like, uh, we might have to give them more money later. So I guess we may as well ah. settle. Yeah. Nice. I, I think this is also another quote I took down because this was kind of interesting and I actually haven't really looked into this stuff. So maybe we'll get into it in another another episode. But uh, Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman, as well as Gil Ann Hurd and the executive producers, past and present, have taken the once home of Breaking Bad to court over the show. It's spinoffs and big profits they say they were cheated out of. So it sounds like Stillerman's at it again. I don't know what that's all about, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna blame him personally for Damn all those other Stillerman. lawsuits. Yeah. Um, now the final quote I wanted to because this is kind of uh, icing on the cake. I kind of like this. During the AMC's first quarter earnings call with Wall Street analysts, company executives said they expected free cash flow of $200 million in 2021. In light of today's settlement, <laughs> in light of today's announced settlement, <laughs> the filing says the company now expects to see. Uh, or, or now expects free cash flow to be roughly at break even. So good job, Darabont. You took all of their profits for that year. I like <laughs> it. Yeah. Or I guess all their all their revenues. I don't know if it's just profits. So so that's it. That's all I have. Yeah. So uh, so just to summarize, it sound like sounds like Darabont was standing up for a show. The Stillerman character basically wanted to cut the prof or cut the budget significantly didn't give a shit that it was like one of the most popular shows in the world at the time and darabont was just fired because he didn't want to argue with him so wow that's what i get out of it yeah so there you have it any questions no great god i don't think i do i guess actually i do have a question i take that back please okay. delete the i'm not gonna be able to answer it but go ahead <laughs> So as I was looking at some information on the upcoming episodes, and we can always bring this over to that, 
What's with the what's with the uh, pseudonym? Oh, well, let's talk about that on season on episode one, probably. Okay. Of season like season two, episode one. Yeah, I'm not. I can't say exactly why he used the pseudonym, but I, I imagine it's just because. What's that? We can speculate. We can always speculate. That's what that's what we're best at is making <gasps> shit up. So yeah, if we don't <laughs> know, if we don't know, we'll make it up and report it as facts because apparently that's what podcasters do and they get paid a lot of money to do it. So. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll join those ranks. Anyways, that's it. I think that summarizes kind of, you know, why Darabont was fired. And now going into season two, you can kind of keep that in mind as you're watching the show. And if you watched season one, especially if you joined us for our coverage of season one, you might just notice some differences. You might notice that the, that the show just has a different tone. So mm. if you've ever wondered, why, why is this season so different? Now you know. Frank Darabont who, again, he, he did work on a lot of these episodes, and he did work, I guess, to kind of help write, you know, figure out the story and everything, but uh, I think he only had an actual credit on the one episode. So after the first few episodes, he was basically, it was, uh, it was, it was no longer kind of, you know, his, his work on screen anymore. So, Well, thanks. That was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it was, hopefully it was informative to everyone. Like I said, I knew a little bit about this, but uh, until I did some research, I actually didn't know the kind of the extent of these shenanigans and again yeah. these, this, these articles are a bit one-sided because it sounds like basically the network never commented mm. but uh so you know who knows but it does really sound like it was a hundred percent like the network i mean sometimes you hear about people getting fired and and then you kind of go back and you're like oh yeah i can see why this person was fired like they definitely sound like they were just being like difficult or greedy or whatever but right. i don't know this doesn't sound like the case so yeah So there you have it. And if you want to join us on our next episode in just a few days, we'll actually be digging into season two because we're going to kick off our season two. I guess it's actually the second episode of our season two, but we're going to be kicking off our our actual season two with coverage of the first episode of season two of The Walking Dead, What Lies Ahead. So join us then.